What's up, Gen X? Welcome back. And you'll have to believe me when I tell you it is good to be back with you. I have taken a little bit longer of a break than I had anticipated, and it is completely my fault. Uh, I was on vacation uh, with the kids. We went to the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. First time we'd ever done that, and we had a great time. But it was hectic and busy, and then just the timing of the calendar of coming back from that and with work and and so forth, it just became very busy and just kind of delayed me getting back here to our water cooler. So that is completely on me, and I apologize, but it is good to be back with you. And with that in mind, coming back from vacation while we were there you know I, I was kind of in my own bubble in my own world and it was great you kind of get lost in what you're doing and spending time with family and it's great and so you kind of get out of your routine a little bit and following headlines and so forth and I would see you know a trickle of things as uh, the week went on and boy there was a lot of nonsense that went on and you know I just wanted to take a break from that for a bit, uh, because I know we we tend to you know, gab on about what's what's going on, and and sometimes it is nice to take a break and get away from the news and just talk about other stuff that impacts us Gen Xers. And so, one thing I wanted to talk about today is actually a, it's a podcast that I listened to that I would totally recommend. It's called Betrayal, and it's actually been turned into a Hulu mini series so of some kind it's it's only three episodes long the podcast is longer and i would highly recommend it though i would put a bit of a disclaimer on that if it, well I'll, I'll tell you why in a second but the just kind of sum up what the podcast is about uh, that it's about this woman in georgia who married after a number of years this man that she had met and dated in college and she thought that she had the perfect life until she found out that not only had he been cheating on her like crazy but he had also as a high school teacher had had a relationship with a student and it led to him being arrested and so on and it just it just breaks down that whole experience that she had. And it's very, very multi-layered. Um, it's really, really good. Um, but if if you are someone who has experienced something like that, it will bring back some very raw <laughs> feel. It'll rip a scab that you have almost kind of memory hold a bit. So if you have experienced that, you might want to proceed with caution if not, it's still very interesting for a number of reasons, and uh, I'll get to that in a second. But this, uh, but especially the moment when she talks about how after her husband was arrested and she's confused, and, and of course she's completely supportive of him, but then she ends up finding this treasure trove of emails and texts and pictures of women, some friends, some prostitutes, and so on. Um, again, that moment when she hits this this moment of clarity, when everything makes sense counter to what she had been thinking, 
if you have had any experience with betrayal, you will immediately go back to that place and you will relate to this woman as she tells of her experience in ways that many others just can't. Now, the podcast does focus on uh, the the crimes that this man committed, and, and understandably so. Um, but it's very interesting to you know, multi again, like I said, multi layered to to understand what this woman went through, and it's not just the the crime aspect of it. And of course, that's what brought the guy down, but also the betrayal that she experienced from friends and community. You know, not and not just the the friends who who had an affair with her husband, but the community who, in the face of mountains of evidence of what this scumbag had had done for years and years, and and how he just just wrecked this poor woman, but how they just were reluctant to believe that. He was this lying, cheating scumbag. You know, they just refused to believe it because that wasn't what they experienced. And that's fair. But just because they experienced that didn't mean that he didn't do all these horrible things. So it's it's very, very interesting, very good. You'll just it'll it'll wrap you in if uh, if you're in, interested in that that uh, type of podcast. And they've come out with a season two of it, although season two uh focuses on uh, not um, it, stories of of betrayal of of you know spouses who had these sort of secret sort of perverted uh double lives that that they were living but in season 2 it focuses on these cases where these husbands were engaging in viewing and downloading all kinds of gross child pornography so it's a bit different than uh, season one. Uh, still very interesting. Still uh, something that it needs to be resolved and rectified. Um, and it, it it also takes place in Utah, which you're listening to these stories and you think, man, Utah, what's your deal with porn and child porn? Man, <laughs> holy cow. When you listen to this this season two, it, it you almost don't believe that it's real because it's it's so extreme in its perversion and it, it just it's just disgusting when you hear the experiences that these women have and the kind of nonsense that that the that their spouses or ex spouses were were viewing and also. They, they talk to law enforcement and you really feel for these guys where, you know, they're doing their investigations and they have to, understandably, in the course of their investigation, view what's on these hard drives so they can mount a case against these guys and protect the victims and get justice for the victims. And you can understand how traumatizing that this would be for these investigators who have to view this while they're making their case. And many of them have to like go to therapy and almost experience like PTSD from this. It's just, it's just, it's wild. Season two takes a different wild turn from, from season one. 
but I, I totally recommend it. Uh, if, if you're looking for a new and interesting podcast, but again, I, I do caution if you can relate to her experience, be very careful when you listen to it, because again, like, like I said, the moment that she discovers the evidence and figures it all out, boy, it'll rush to you. All those types of experiences that you have memory hold, but it's interesting in, in the, Hulu version of it, they they also they expand on it a bit um, from the season one, and they actually have this one psychiatrist on there who gave some very interesting insights throughout as to the motivations of this guy and 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 people like that who you know who kind of live this other life and, and step out on their on their spouse, and she talks about how um and, and she's talking about the 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 betrayal the multi-level betrayal not just from the spouse but from friends and community and and so on that that turn their back on her and kind of describing the motivations of someone like him who kind of lived that double life and had this glossy exterior that everybody looked up to and and while he was you know living this just torrid uh, double life and she was was talking about how it takes a a certain level of not just narcissism but almost psychopathy that is enticing for people like that to do all these things and have people believe them even though in their heart hearts they know it's wrong but the fact that they can control the perceptions of others is something that is very enticing to someone like that. It's just very, very, I, I, I thought that very astute uh, when she was uh, describing that. But again, I, I encourage, you, encourage you, if that's something you're looking for, a betrayal, it's uh, really, really good. I think you will find it insightful. And kind of with that in mind, I... I was trying to articulate in, in my own brain why something like that is is sort of interesting uh, to me to me as a Gen Xer, and not and not not just the betrayal aspect of things, but what what I find so interesting about that. And I think what I came down on is this whole the aspect of it where someone is so overtly lying. And it's something that we Gen Xers, I think we can immediately spot when someone is not being authentic. And I think that might be one of the reasons that that hooked me on it the way that it did. Because if you think back to when we were in you know, junior high and high school, remember there was nothing worse than being a poser. There was nothing that would bring more scorn than being, you know, inauthentic and trying to live up to this persona that is not authentically you. Like someone would show up at school wearing these weird clothes that they had never had any inclination of wearing before. And it just clashes with their personality and you just know it's phony. You know, they're trying to, you know, troll for a certain type of response and you would they would immediately be labeled a poser and that was 
worse than them just being a dork, <laughs> right? I mean, there's nothing worse than being inauthentic to us Gen Xers. And I think that this is something that directly applies to us when someone is lying. We, we spot that out like crazy. Yeah, and, and this applies to someone that we know and someone that we don't know. So I, I, I think that is something that re- definitely rings true to us Gen Xers. And, and I, I came across this interesting study. It's actually from the Jur- Journal of European Economic Association. And they did this experiment, um, this, had this experimental design where they would measure honesty and lying. And they wanted to try to articulate the motives and reasonings of why people lie. And they set up this experiment with uh, some test subjects where they would flip a coin and the, or, or they would roll dice and the payoff was dependent on, no, no one was watching them there by themselves. And it was, the payoff was dependent on the roll of the die. And you know, depend whatever number came up, you would either get more or less of a payoff. And in this study, uh, cheating could not be detected on an individual level. They just wanted to measure how and why people lie. And with that study, they were, they put in a wrinkle where they would get a bigger payout for uh, like say a, a charitable cause. It would go to you know, someone less fortunate. And so they found out that people were intended to lie in, in greater numbers when they thought, the subjects thought, that their motivation was good. And, you know, they would often lie to maintain a, a favorable self-image and try to disguise their lies. And I, th- I thought about that study and in conjunction with that, that podcast, and I was trying to you know, kind of peel back in my brain some of the reasons when it's so easy to detect a lie. And what I found out you know, from my experience is that lies are easiest to detect oftentimes when superfluous detail is added. You know, that when a lot of extraneous details that don't pertain to your normal conversation, when it's added, you start to think, wait, what? Why are you saying that? You know, like instead of saying, yeah, I'll be home at five. It's, well, I'm going to be home at five because I have this appointment I have to run to. And me, me, me. Like, why are you telling me that? Tell me you'll be home at five. Why, why are you giving me all this information that has n- nothing to bear on what's going on here? It's just totally rational that you'd be home at this particular time. But then you're giving me all this other info and you start to realize that they add on all these superficial layers to try to cover in their minds what you'd be uh, perceiving and because they, they want to try to keep you off the scent. And I, with that, you, you also notice that liars 
get to the point where they can lie without even thinking about it. It just becomes like breathing to them. They just do it. And I think sometimes they don't even necessarily even know or intend to. It's just something they do. And in some ways, as they do that, I think they often begin to believe their lies so much that it becomes their reality. You, know, you, you can't even shake them from it. And, and really, it's, almost not, it's not even really worth engaging them in that, in that lie because you're just going to be going around in circles. And then they start throwing out stuff which is really popular now is gaslighting. They say, oh, well, now you're gaslighting me. And it, when you hear that from a liar, <laughs> your blood pressure will spike to levels you have not experienced before. But and, and, and this notion of gaslighting, I think, is something that is used very incorrectly now. A lot of times it just is used when they say that someone is trying to deceive them. Well, that's not gaslighting. Someone lying to you is not gaslighting. Someone who is being disingenuous is gaslighting. Someone who is being fake and phony is not gaslighting. What is meant to describe, it's meant to describe that someone who tries to get you to deny reality and then claim that you're crazy when you don't buy into their alternate reality. Because you know what's what's right and what's true and what's real. And your denial of their lie makes you crazy. And they will term you that way. But where this whole gaslighting thing, where I think it tends to get circular and why I don't like using that. I think the term is complete garbage because what if you deny their lies and they say, well, you're gaslighting me. And you think, well, no, according to the term, you're gaslighting me <laughs> because you're trying to get me to not accept reality, not accept your lie. That doesn't mean that I'm gaslighting you. It's actually you're gaslighting me. So it's just it's 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 we it's a weird circular circle jerk that you're going to go through uh, with liars and people who are uh, disingenuous. But again, it's something that we Gen Xers can sniff out, I think, better than our generational counterparts. And 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 now when when you kind of look back in the past few years, I think that's one of the things that makes the previous few years and everything that we have gone through as a culture and as a society, I think that's why it makes it so offensive to us Gen Xers when we have been lied to over and over and over again by people in power, people in society, people around, people online, it, it it just it gets to be just too much for for us Gen Xers. I mean, think about how many conspiracy theories in the past three ish years turn out to be completely true. I mean, you can just off the top of your head, you can think of you know COVID, vaccines, Hunter Biden's laptop, the Twitter and Facebook censorship, January sixth, the FBI, Department of Justice, on and on and on and on and on. 
over and over and over again. It's just lie after lie after lie and cover up after cover up to the point where the baseline for us Gen Xers is you just think everyone's full of crap. <laughs> you just start by thing, thinking everyone's lying to you and you don't even take them seriously. But I do think very uniquely that we Gen Xers are not nearly as easily fooled as millennials are. And we're not nearly as dishonest as boomers are. So it's, it's, we're kind of in this weird dishonesty sandwich that we want no part of. <laughs> but those experiences for the past couple of years and even listening to a podcast like Betrayal, it's something that definitely came to the surface for me and it's something that I think all of you would relate to as well. So if you are inclined, check it out. I think that you will enjoy it. So that's all I have for now. I know it's it's, it's a little bit uh, shorter than normal, but it is good to be back with you. I look forward to touching base with you again, and we will see you next time. Or not. Whatever.